Hello there, and thanks for joining us here at Lions Guide, where we empower you with the resources you need to reach heightened levels of success in your performance, business, and leadership. On these episodes, we set out to explore the stories of our guests and the lessons they learned. Also, we interview other various subject matter experts, as well as review books and other resources that are all there to help you establish clarity have courage and lead the way. I'm your host, Dale Walls, founder of Lion's Guide. And on this episode, we've got a replay of our monthly Lion's Den segment where Lion's Guide leadership coach and director, Keith Flip Griffin and myself have a raw debate about leadership topics that are relevant in today's world. Uh, the discussion brings out some really authentic feelings and thoughts on the subjects that, you know, we otherwise might not be talking about out in the open or in the workplace the way we need to, uh, whether they're taboo or whatever the case may be, or maybe they're just difficult conversations. So on these episodes, they're they're pretty ad hoc, you know, Flip and I kind of give each other a heads up a couple minutes before we uh, start recording and uh, say, hey, this is what I'm coming at you with today. You know, it's kind of equivalent, like, you know, to uh, boxers coming out the ring, kind of seeing each other walking out and, you know, we see what's coming, but, you know, don't know what you're going to get till we get in there. So, so we do that. We get a little quick heads up and uh, we get in there and chop it up, uh, just kind of spitballing about our experiences and thoughts on various leadership topics. They're a ton of fun. They bring a ton of value. And in this episode specifically, we talk about an area where I think business owners and other leaders could definitely use some help. And that's with delegation. You know, uh, you know, are we micromanaging too much? Are we keeping too much? When should we be delegating? Why should we, we be delegating? How should we be delegating? Uh, it's a great, great episode. I think you're going to love it. So if you like the sound of that and you are a business owner, pop over to lionsguide.com and check out the resources we've got for you for you, the everyday leader. Well, are you an everyday leader? Do you even know? Do you know what that means? Well, find out now by taking our everyday leader survey to see where you stand in the critical areas of communication, change, mentorship, culture, decision-making, as well as self-reflection. Have you mastered everyday leadership in your business? Let's find out. Check out our everyday leader survey on lionsguide.com. Finally, if you haven't, make sure you hit the subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content here on Lions Guide. Looking forward to seeing you. Uh, check out our links. Check us out online. Looking forward to hearing from you soon. And with that all said, let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Flipside Streamcast on Thursday. And on this Thursday of the month, we already know that it is the Lion's Den. Second Thursday, we get to, uh, Dale and I get to chum it up. What's up, my friend? How are you? What's up, Flip? Yeah, but no, I mean, it, 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 what's fun is like we kind of have this beforehand. Like we didn't, it, it, it's one of the reasons I like got into podcasts because we often have the podcast before podcasts and like get get a ton of good stuff and always kind of look back and go, man, we should have just hit record. But right. But we got more in a tank. So yeah, I'm great, man. Ready yeah, to go. and I did it. I did it right this time. So if Laura's watching, she knows well. Thanks. Not uh, we didn't go nine minutes into it already without uh, without hitting record. You know, so we, when that happened last record. week, I I, um, I reflected back right because when I was a young twenty something fresh sergeant out of the Marine Corps running the business, like 
stuff like that, I would lose my mind. Like the world is over. You just ruined the whole business. Right. This is awful. And I watched that and I was kind of like just smiled and said, man, I remember 20 years ago, I would have been like losing my mind right now about that. But two 40 year olds on it are like, <laughs> cool, we'll just start yeah, over. Man, We're good. No one died. Yeah, you know? it's great. We're good. Yeah. But it was funny. Welcome, everybody, whatever platform you're watching on. Uh, we appreciate you doing this or whether you're going to watch it later. We absolutely have fun. Today, uh, we get the Lions Den. We get to go one-on-one about some things. His rules, uh, standing rules for the Lions Den has always been and always will be um, that we really don't get to talk about it. So we spent about five minutes beforehand actually talking about what we're going to bring up. And that's about it. So we don't really know. We don't have a kind of a... It's all of our own thoughts from our own experiences. Um, and it makes for uh, real, real raw, and that's what we're what we're trying to trying to come with here. So uh, let me start. Um, Got to talk about the crying CEO. I mean, I I just I don't want to spend too much time on it. If you haven't heard, uh, the CEO from Hypersocial uh, had to lay off some people. And apparently he did that. And when he did, he got on uh, LinkedIn and he was crying uh, and saying it was the hardest thing he ever had to do and kind of really uh, not regretting it, just knowing it was part of his thing and and what it was. And so uh, he got, of course, because it's on social media, he got support and he got backlash, right? Like if, if you really meant it, why'd you put it like, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff backlash. So Let's take on that one first. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but what's your what's your initial thoughts? And then I'll give you mine. Well, you know, and I, look, I'm perfectly human. Like in this day of like click media, we've talked about this, like how how the like and share buttons kind of like tainted yep. the auth the, the potential integrity of post um and so there's there's two edges of this there there's the skeptic in me that goes well hey man you're in social media like did you do this for the the attention sure um or did you do it to share value and 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 you know i'm trying to like work on the pessimist in me a bit and kind of just side with the good intention piece right like why why play in a negative world because then everything's negative so you know i'll say look uh, i've been there and it does suck and you know, um, <laughs> I don't know that I would get on and cry about it, but at the same time, I go, hey, Dale, if you're out here helping business owners, shouldn't you be talking about like these types of challenges that you would go through? So here's the time. Um, so yes, is it is a painful time? Um, you know, did he share a pivotal moment in what he experienced? Um, I think that's good value to put out there because that the other business owner or CEO out there that goes through it can understand that they're not alone. And, and I, I think, again, back to my mission today of Lions Guide is a part of that is, is being in charge, being the founder owner, being that business owner, it can seem like a lonely place. So I do value these, uh, the authenticity of sharing the real, you know, um, not the entrepreneur porn, you know, I, I love, um, you know, that gets talked about. Um, Ronnell uh, Richards mentions that often, and, and he likes to put out contents that's about real, <laughs> what it really means to be an entrepreneur. So I'm going to put this in that bucket. Like you're going to be hiring people, and that is life altering for the people you're hiring. When you're hiring them, when you're firing them, uh, and everything that happens in between. Um, you know, as a business owner, and I'll say a leader, 
in general, like you have a big impact on people's lives. Um, so when you make, I, you know, it took me a while to really learn this too. I mean, like we were talking about, I was young, 20 something, you know, never really been in the position to hire people before, but I did come to learn that even the choice to hire someone, meaning they're leaving maybe a place of employment to come join yours. Like that's a life event for them and you can't take it lightly. And, and this is where, you know, something I preach to clients today often, which is the slow to fi- uh, slow to hire, quick to fire mindset. Like you shouldn't just rush in and hire people because there's an open seat and you got three resumes in and you look at them and go, oh, yeah, yeah, Sally looks good. Get her in here next week. Because Sally is making a life change by accepting that job. And I, that cannot be taken lightly. Um, likewise, when you let people go, um, when COVID hit, um, you know, I had to do a reduction in force because, you know, my company at the time was staffed for growth and we had overhired in anticipation of growth and along comes COVID, uh, puts that at, at risk and jeopardy. And the decision was to batten down the hatches, um, because there was so much unknown at that point, beginning of 2020. And we were going to side on the, uh, we were going to take a position on the side of survival, um, you know, we didn't see things that hyper growth, uh, intention happening. And, and I had to let go, um, over 10% of the staff at the time. Um, that was a tough day at the office. It was a tough number of weeks working up to it. Um, in trying to make conscious decisions. I was on, uh, I was, you know, I had to let people go that were my direct reports. I was on calls with people that were no longer my direct reports, but had worked with me for years. Um, that had families and these were all tough decisions, but, but thus was the business. Like we had to make these changes for the whole. Um, and, and a couple of things happen and, I, and look, people that, especially business owners, uh, when you let people go, even with all the right intentions of the world, um, and it, it may be the right decision, no matter what, it's always personal to the receiver of that. I mean, and, and I learned that I, I, in the beginning, I never understood. I was like, why are they taking it so personal? Rewind to what I said two minutes ago, because they took employment with you and it was a, it was a life decision, a commitment on their half. So when you let someone go, regardless of the reason, whether they're screwing up or it's, it's because of, you know, environmental or economical circumstance, it's personal to them and it sucks. Um, and it sucks to be that person that doesn't want people to not like you and, and, or have ill will towards you, um, and have to make those decisions. Yeah, it sucks, man. And it's, if you, if you're an empath and you have empathy, it's going to make you cry, you know? Um, so that's just maybe not on LinkedIn to everybody else in the world, but yeah, I, I think when I looked at it, I I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't put my shoes in a, in a business owner in the civilian sector. I, I, I had to put a chief out at one time, uh, got a DUI and it was a defect free Navy. And it was, you know, I look back on that decision, honestly, and I wish I would have fought a little bit harder because it was a, it was a defect. You know, we didn't, it shouldn't have been a defect free thing, but it was kind of the, the culture was that at the time. Um, and that stuck with me and it still does. Like I, I still think about those decisions. So I felt I felt with him of saying, if it's personal, I've met a lot of CEOs that are very personal about the people that they have, right? Like just deeply, especially when, here's the thing, 
And I don't know this the the hyper social CEO whether or not you know he he was on the on the ground. And we're going to talk about this where you know he knew every single person and knew their lives inside and out. I had a CEO who kept a uh, when, when he met you. He had a file card and he wrote it. And every single time he knew he was going to see you or whatever, or he was going to make a, a play to go out into the thing, he would read those cards and those about those people in those departments and just. And over time, he would he would know it. So the, when your when your wife and kids showed up at the you know at the static display show for Fourth of July, he would be like, "Hey, Katie, ha- hey, you know, Peyton, and hey, what, whatever to to anybody." And I was really proud of that fact that he was like that. I was proud to serve with the, uh, someone like that. So I think it is it gets it gets lost that people who do care don't really. You know when they, when they are when they do take things personal. We 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 both read Bob Iger's book, and when that young young boy was was uh, uh, eaten by the crocodile, Bob took that super super personal. Cried that night a lot. I mean, and that's you could argue that's the largest corporation in the world, one of the largest corporations in the world, to someone to take something that personal that it happened. And so, yeah, I think it it gets over. The problem is, is that it's social media. And the problem with social media is that you, everybody's got a, is it real, right? It's like fake yeah. news. It's like so, all the stuff. So how right? did you take it? Did you take it like this is, you know, oh, this is the actual thing or, so, or, or better yet, how would you have handled it? So my initial thoughts were truthfully, and I didn't read the backlash until today. So I saw it on LinkedIn. I never read the comments. I just read what he said. And then I saw some things on it today as I was looking up because I knew I, w- I wanted to bring this up. And then I saw like the, co- the the backlash comments and I was like, oh, like, okay. Like, so my first thoughts were, dude, understand. Like if it's personal and he's good and this is, I didn't even think is it genuine. I just thought, dude, yes, this sucks. I know it. Uh, like I, I, I have very much empathy with, with what he's going through and having to do it, especially knowing that we knew a guy not personally, we knew someone who fired three thousand. <laughs> this guy looks yeah, like this a, is the opposite end of the spectrum, this right? Guy but it looks like, like a saint. Right? No empathy. Hey, everyone. Right? What do you say? And you by the, like dolphins, get out of but, here. Yeah. But the same business decision, though, mm-hmm. right? Like this from a from a business standpoint, it you fire somebody. Now, granted, it might not have been, and I think three thousand in his for thirty three probably different sized businesses, but on the same thing, like he had to cut, like you have to cut. That's part of the business, right? It's part of the business to salaries. It's part of the business to all that stuff that, that like nobody, it's not the cool stuff. That's not the fun stuff about a business at all, right? The fun stuff is the rest of it where you get to do these and you get to see happy customers and you get to produce something that you came up with in your brain and, and you're now serving the community. And like, that's all the great stuff. And and those are the good times. And when you have a, a employee picnic and an employee Christmas party and everybody's ha- like, those are the cool. He was like, I need to explore. Like, so part of me was like, well, cool. He's, he's giving you an insight. Like this well, is definitely gonna, an insight. I'm going to give him honor. I'm going to honor one more thing that he said, because yeah. I didn't read any comments. Um, yeah. But um, well, they were just like, so here they were just like, if you really mean it, why is it on social media? Which so that is was that, right? Yeah. Which is right. Um, so yeah, and 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 I, and I, I'm going to try to stay on the side of 
the relatability of other people that would come to that position. So I, I, I'm, I'm there with that. I'm, I'm not going to kind of play with the haters. Hate, you know, I, I put out that Dave Chappelle quote, you know, about like, you know, the guy, the people that are always going to root for the, you know, the, the, the brave ones to fall, you know? Um, so I would say I'll go on the side of this was very courageous for him to put this out there. Um, but I, one thing I wanted to honor was he was stating like, it was his fault that he had to let them go, right? He didn't blame COVID, uh, you know, man, I am so sick of the COVID excuse, man. I'm freaking sick of it. I'm sick of it. If you're not pivoting and making adjustments and uh, man, it's, it's COVID, it's COVID, uh, you know, and come on, man. Anyways, he didn't do that. He said, I made a decision earlier this year. It didn't pan out. And as a result, I had to let these people go and I'm distraught about it. So I, I want to give the dude credit on that regard that he took responsibility for this result. Yeah, exactly. It'd be interesting to know how the employees felt about it. My guess is if he was genuine to that point, they know, hey, we know he's genuine and now he did and now and now he's showing it to the world that it that it happened and, and learning. Like I I don't know if you could learn something as a CEO from it in the sense of saying like, like, I know that sucks too. It's not like you're going to go and, and follow his lead in doing it, but, but right. Because of, because of all the extra stuff, right? Like, I mean, I've, we all know it. Like there's trolls everywhere that are always going to, every decision you make is going to be good, bad or other. And all for 30 of those employees or whatever the number was, is going to take it, could have taken the thing very personal some way or whatever. I, will say, and I will consistently say this, if you have that culture of being transparent and being consistent and being honest with everybody and you've built all those things and you've got trust, loyalty, and respect from everybody, those conversations are, they suck, but they're easier to not only accept, but to do than to, right? So you you end up with I mean, they still suck. Let's just be real. Like, especially, especially if you're tighter. Like, how hard is it to let somebody go who's like a pain in the ass at work? That's not hard. Like, well, like and, that, and the whole that's team not an agrees, easy right? Like, when yeah. when there's those situations, everyone goes, "Yeah, man, that was the right thing to do." Hey, finally, yeah. thanks, boss. Right. You know, yeah. and, and then you're the boss going, "Well, why didn't you tell me this was a bigger problem right. than what I knew?" Right? Like, there's always that. <laughs> yeah, the toxic um, person that's hiding. <laughs> Yeah. 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 The hidden toxic person. But yeah, I mean, so I don't know how much we more we can kind of kick on this dead horse other than look, I, I'll, I'll just take the side of like the guy did. I don't know him from salt. So I'll just take it as it was presented. Right. right. It was a tough, it was a tough decision. I respect that he took ownership for the result um, and put something out there that may serve others that recognize like this is a part of it, you know, and, and by the way, this is why heavy his head that we're heavy as the head that wears around, man. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it's, uh, so that's that. Good, 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 good. All right. <clears throat> hey, let's brief on something real quick. Can we do a roundup of, of one of them? Uh, we had talked about this before, but we had seen something, I think, and I would, I want to stay long on it cause we got a good one. I know you got a good one for me. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll do this one. Uh, again, on LinkedIn, uh, Sergeant major, I think it was, what Marine it was, Corps Sergeant Major, yeah. Marine Corps Sergeant Major got on, and <clears throat> he was talking about an open door policy and how they don't exist. Now, for here's what I will say: he ranted, which was great. He was like, "They don't, they don't 
work. He, he's he like, had that good old Marine Corps. He, he, he's a very here, much Marine Corps. right between your eyes. Here's your Arlie Emery, like, like, right? Like, uh, <laughs> full metal jacket moment. But his point was Marines don't use it, right? And we've heard time and time again about, I'm going to link it to depression and PTSD and why, same reason why they, why they have a hard time going in to admit mistakes when you you build someone up that high to be this very tough inner outer skin person you you're you're engaging them to kill you're teaching them to kill and have the killer mentality you now have to it's another reason why you have to go break things down to get them to come to admit that they have that that they're hurting inside right like so it's a, it's a big it, it's a very much scaled thing about what you got to do Open door. His point was open door policies are the same thing. No, but no Marines going to walk through your door and tell you that they have a problem with something. They're going to try to either fix it because of the tough guy girl mentality, the Marine mentality or whatever. I think what got lost in it, in my opinion. So I, I have three different things. One was I, you know, I thought about two different things. First, I thought about my buddy who had just said something to me literally, and he didn't know he's in Guam he's t- and he's not on social media. So he was like, oh, I, I have an open door policy. And he just happened to say it the same week. I'm like, it doesn't exist. And he was like, ah, we got into this huge, huge rager about it. And I said, I, I understand that you have an open door policy. I understand that people have come in and talked to you. I said, but you're not, you're not in this tough person lifestyle, this Marine lifestyle, where it's, it's very much different. Like there's encouragement in the Navy to do. And, and we, we focus on the backlash and it not happening. And there's a, there's a bunch of things that I think is just a lot different than what he was talking about. But it got me thinking about, you know, open door policies in business and, and where you don't have a tough person mentality or, or, you know, what's the equivalent to Marines? You know, you have, you have police officers, you have of those kind of things that have those types of stuff where, you know, oh, I'm not saying shit because internal affairs is going to hear us or whatever the case. Yeah, is. that's and that's a big stigma. And, and I'm thankful. Um, you know, we've had a number of folks on Lions Guide to talk about this. Uh, certainly, always uh, hats off to 220 and Dan Jarvis's work. But um, you know, um, uh, Mike uh, Segu who came on, um, and there's a lot of people out there trying to fight that stigma to, to get uh, Leos, law enforcement officers, and other folks, military like to recognize that is wrong you know if you're struggling yeah. you gotta you know let it be known it's, it's right. known you know and, and i get you know it's certainly you can relate to the concern right like if i sure. say i'm struggling mentally my peers are going to look down on me and say oh you can't hack it or hey we need to take your gun away you know and and they start to and again there's 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 certainly some delicacy in those areas uh that are the responsibility of the leadership to handle it properly. You know, um, they're, they're very delicate situations that, you know, um, someone could be asking for help and, and they're not at risk, let's say. Um, but the leader overreacts and goes, Oh my goodness, you're going to, you know, we need to take everything away from you. You know, there, there's just, you know, but anyways, but, but yeah, so there is that stigma on, you know, that everyone needs to be aware of. Um, I think when it, when it comes to like, Law enforcement officers, when it comes to like these high performance type jobs that like a Marine or in the military total, whatever, <clears throat> I think the important part is to show the return, right? To show this is what happened and this person got back and it didn't hinder career. It didn't hinder like 
like you have to be able to show that there's opportunities for not only the person to say, oh, I've, I've seen, I know, and I trust that I'm going to be able to be allowed to get back into this, right? And the trust that there are things in place to do to be able to to deal with it and then also keep going, right? Because if you think about it, if all you've ever known was to do one thing in your life and all of a sudden the, the result is that it could be taken away and there's not avenues to be able to do stuff. And admittingly, look, there's sometimes there's not. Sometimes things are just so bad. We, I can't. I get it. I understand that, right? Like, But if they're not, if they're easy, if they're, if they're, if they're manageable, that has to be known. Those successes have to be known as well. Right. So I, I always have said, like, come, I had a very engaging thing with a, with a, with a, uh, with a sailor about suicide and bless her heart. I, I asked her, it was very, we had a suicide prevention the last year I was there. And I said, will, will you come and tell the story that, that we our journey and it was a journey for us. And she said, I'll stand next to you and do it. And we did it. And people were floored. People were holding their breath at our story and could not believe that this was going on at our command and to the depth of what it was. But all of a sudden, now all of a sudden people were like, wow, I, that open door policy is real. Like, so it, it, it sort of reinforced it in a way, like we didn't promote it from it, but it was just like, wow, this person in leadership who just happened to be me. And then I got, then I got officers coming to me, which is for, for everybody else in the world. That's like for an officer to come to a senior enlisted, uh, in, on the junior level, it happens a lot, but for senior, for, for them to walk into my office and talk to me about officer stuff and how to handle officer things, because they didn't want to move inside their chain, inside their officer chain, because they knew that it would be Right, a little bit. I was like, "Oh, okay." Like it was very eye-opening for me uh, on that, and and it was good. And I would, I'd go to bat for them. And I think that's that's important for leaders, right, to go to bat mid levels, especially to say, "We know we got problems. I I need to be the advocate for my people in a sense up above because right and say this person has this problem. They can work it out, but you need to be addressing it right and saying and 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 I'll manage them in that case and what they're doing." will still be productive. If you can do that with your culture, man, that's that frees up everybody who has who is secretly hiding things to come out and go, okay, I I trust that that leader to watch me and be and, and have my best interests to the up of, to to the people higher than him or her, right? And I think that's that's crucial when when you're well, when you're looking at it. It's a good it. yeah, it's a good um I love the insight of setting and setting an example, right? Maybe it's not your own example, like, like necessarily the leader, uh, showing vulnerability going, Hey, I had this struggle and I went and this is, I voiced it, went dealt with it, but actually showing a story of someone who did speak up, uh, despite the stigma and it turned out just fine, you know, power and stories. Uh, but to round this out, um, you know, just, just honoring something you had said in the last lion's den, which was that there's no such thing as an open door policy, the responsibilities on you as a leader to get out on the floor and seek to understand stand what's going on with your people. And this is, this is, you know, you know, to simplify it, we love simple is this is the opposite. This is the proactive versus reactive, right? Like just put it in that bucket, right? Uh, open door policy. If you're uh, waiting for people to come in, 
you're being reactive and the right thing to do is to be out on the floor soliciting this information um you know op- building trust you know um you know seeking um to an understanding of what's going on with the grant on the ground rather than sitting back in a reactive posture waiting for someone to come in the door get out on the floor and find out what's going on uh so that's our you you said it first that sergeant major must have been watching and he had to put his yeah. tone on it i i wrote it on the thing and i'll say it now and i i learned it from a, a, a former MIGPON and is a, still a good friend and that was um when the soles of your feet wear out before the seat of your pants, right? You know, that's leadership, right? So when you're walking around on what we used to call the deck plates, but, or still do, but when you're walking around and you're engaging folks, right? They're also more apt at that point to come into your office, by the way. So it's actually helps that you're out there thinking that you're, you can be personal, right? You're, you're one of them in a sense, you're, you're down to the level, right? And, and here's the hard part. That's not always looked favorable from, upper chain, upper, upper levels. It's not always looked favorable to saying, well, I'm not paying you to, well, you know, so it's tough. It's a tough balance to try to find, but I, it, it is always, it is always sowed more seed than, than not doing it and being engaging. And, and, and last, I I need to add this piece because we didn't say it, but I want to make sure it gets known is telework, right? So this telework environment that we live in, how do you engage like that, right? So it's different. Well, you know, I had Jordan uh, Hildebrand who's been on here before. That was one thing she asked me before, and, and it's and it's one thing that I use for advisement as well. Is telling, look, you got to make those phone calls, personal phone calls. What's up? Or get on one on ones with your people and say, hey, what's going on? How's it going? And before you have some meeting about some plan thing, and if it's just a one on one, say, hey, before we start. What's going on? How's everything? How's the kids? Right? Just little things like that, I think, will can help in a telework world when you are a thousand miles away from from your vice president or whatever it is. Like, how do you how do you interact with all that kind of stuff? So, I think it's there are habit. ways. Yeah, and it, it it just that's not hard to do. Like, but it's you know, a habit. Like, I, you know, I'm gonna call myself out on this. Like, I am very much like straight to the point. Yeah, I just want to, you know, that's just from our inner work. It's like, I'm a GSD. Like if there's a specific thing and uh, again, kind of being mindful of that and wanting to be better, um, you know, I, I even write like every one of my things, I keep the, the rocket book for all my meeting notes and stuff. But when I write the agenda at the first thing I do now habitually is I go agenda segue, right? I always want to start with a segue of, Hey, how's everything going? And just remind myself like, Hey, this is a person on the other side. This is a, a, a fraction of their life. What I'm about to ask of them, what we're about to talk about, and so start with a segue. And 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 I do that habitually now, but I I've got to catch myself to not just go straight to straight to the the you know all work no play. Um, yeah, you know, and I think you can schedule time for that, right? Even if it's I mean, and and here's the thing: what happens if it goes further? Right. Well, what happens if it goes, it's like when you're, so I I equate it to like when you're, when you're buying a plane ticket, right. You have, and you're, you're, you have multiple stops. You try to get an hour in between each flight. Like that's the, my normal thing is to try to find that. Right. I think it's, it's almost like that, right. You're, you're going from place to place with your, with your agenda. And I think as a leader, 
planning on talking about stuff because you can learn a lot. If that, if that, I've always said this, and I think this is important. I've always said if you have an interview with someone and it goes way over the time slot, and you you're now talking about like like personal stuff with that person in the interview, and you're talking less about the job, that you're probably winning. Like like that's a good thing that you're getting to that point where it's like, man, we hardly even talked about the job because we were talking mostly about like you know, and you go into it with an agenda, right? Because that's really what interviews are about anyways. You can see what they have on paper, you know, so you're really trying to figure stuff out. But I mean, I, it's the same thing like you just mentioned, right? Like we could we could talk about for 20 minutes and then, okay, let's just get, let's knock these other things out even if we have it. So yeah, good yeah. points. I like yeah, the, the rigidity open. is not necessary, no. right? You can have, and, and this is one of the things I teach in the high performance work with leaders is um, having that segue time and transition time, you know, on the opposite ends of the rigidity. Cause if you're just rigid all day, you know, one hour meeting, walk right out right into the next one. And there's no um, transition to relieve your brain of the stress of the last meeting, prepare for the next one, like all that, you know, let alone the part about the opportunity for engagement, you know, before you kick off. So good to go. All right. What do you got? I know you got one. Yeah. You know, this week I wanted to jump in, you know, it looks like we've got about a half an hour left or so, probably plenty of time. I wanted to pick your brain this week about delegation. Um, and I'll just start at the top. So to you, like, what would, <clears throat> what is delegation to a leader? What is it? How would you define it and its importance? So I believe, so the key to the whole thing is responsibility, right? In my eyes, thing to remember. Let's, let me let me put this overall arching in my eyes the the overall arching thing to remember about delegation. You could delegate tasks, but you can't delegate if you're if it's your responsibility of things something to do. <clears throat> the ownership is on you then, right? So even, even if you, if delegate, you so even if you delegate it, it's yeah. still you. So you can't go back and blame if you're delegating and saying whatever. So then that requires, in my eyes, trust, learning, right all these types of things to be able to 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 get to that point. So <clears throat> if I have a task and it's mine and I'm like, you know what? I want to I want to be able to delegate this task out. There's no way I can in the end if it gets screwed up and I've delegated it, I can't I can't be like, well, I gave it to them and they screwed it up. That that doesn't go like that, right? So when I look at delegation, I look at it from a perspective of there's only so many things that you can delegate. Some things have to stay at certain levels that you're going to have to do. You can task things to happen, to gather information and to get things from 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 that. So you can delegate specific parts of it. But the overall whatever you have, uh, goal, whatever it is, it that's your responsibility for delegation. So um, I think a, a few things come into play for me. One is, can the person handle the delegation, right? You can't just all of a sudden go, it's yours and not be able to do anything with it, right? And you also can't have them uh, be able to just, in a, in a sense, you can't just keep giving more and more and more and more things that are definitely your responsibility. So delegation would be for some for, for part of me, it's for a reason too, right? What's the reason for the delegation that's happening? Is it because you're trying to build that person? 
Are you trying because maybe they're better than you? You're a technical, right? You may be overall responsible for the project, but there's a technical expert that you want to make sure that hey, this this part is going to be given to you, and that those are usually planned, right? I'm, I mean, you have a project manager. I'll use it in a project sense. You have a project manager. Now you have a technical writer. You have a right a, a business hiring. You know, uh, HR. Like they may be all part of the of the where you're building towards a contract. So when I look at delegation, it's just I, again. First and foremost, from a leadership standpoint, where I am now, you've got to make sure that you're still what the overall responsibility is still staying. So you're not, you're not delegating that away, and you can't you can't forget that that is still yours in some capacity. Yeah. So the delegation, and that, that said, when it comes to responsibility, so the objective is still the leader's responsibility. The delegation does not circumvent that leader's responsibilities to that objective. But there is a fraction of responsibility that's directly between who you delegated to and their responsibility to the leader to get it done properly, absolutely. right? You know, so sure, absolutely. And um, a lot of times, if it's leader, they're they're responsible for that team. So it, that's somewhat intrinsic to to what's happening anyway, right? Um, I will say this. I will say too. I think different. There's, I, and I mentioned it before where. There's just different things. You, there's some things you can't delegate, right? And that may be because of technical. That may be because of of like if, if if you're so I'll take a small business for example, right? You may be to the point where you're wearing a lot of hats and you cannot delegate stuff because you just it can't be like that, right? Like you just maybe you have nobody for finance, so you're a CF, you're a CEO that's also wearing the CFO hat. Okay, you can't get out of that one of what you're trying to do. Okay, no problems. Like so then even if you're moving on a lot of other things, people may not understand what's going on. So the delegation is just it's never going to be there because you're wearing a, a a ton of hats. But on the same token, because in a small business, who's the ultimate responsible for everything? The owner. Right, the business owner, right? So the passion for the job is is never going to be as hot as what it is for the business owner. Like when you when you were with your business, nobody loved it better than you, you know, because you were you shouldn't have anyways, and, and I don't think so. Um, but nobody could have loved it and had the more passion to do it better than you because you were the grinder. You were the one that was making, you know, the final. And I I think this is the other thing. You don't have to be. You can get to a point where you don't have to be the final decision on stuff. Once you trust people enough, and you get to that point, large businesses that happens every day, right? The CEO in a large business isn't hiring somebody. In in you know the Home Depot CEO isn't hiring the the new eighteen year old in in Pomona, Kansas at their at the, that's not happening, right? So those there's a ton of things that are like that. But when you're when you're in a small business, you know it's. It may, you may have to have checks and balances a little bit more than you would for in the delegation process. Hey guys, Dale here. And I wanted to take a quick break to invite you to join the launch of the Lions Guide community called The Pride. You see, whether it was at work dealing with the demands of the day or maintaining the demands of my life at home, I always seemed to feel like my struggles were unique. Like somehow I was the only one struggling to find joy amidst all the weight that I felt I was carrying each day. And you know, what I've come to realize is that we all have our struggles that we're up against, and it's pretty demanding. 
The only way to rise to those demands is to decide and make the change to adopt a growth mindset, to be what I call a high performer. And that's why I started Lions Guide. I want to help you break through to the next level of you and your ability to not only meet, but exceed those demands on you. And in doing so, find your joy again. If you're a growth-minded individual ready to make a change, then I'm here for you. And this is how you get started. I invite you to visit lionsguide.com and sign up to join the Pride. The Pride is the Lions Guide community for growth-minded members like you. Once signed up, you'll get special access to all the free content and resources I'm putting out there. You'll also be invited to join my live online events where I host sessions on personal growth and high performance. You'll also be able to engage with other growth-minded members on our private online group. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast as a member, you'll get access not only to all the podcasts, but also the podcasts that have been yet to be released. So get access to all this and more. So break out of that rut, break into your next level, and join me on lionsguide.com, and let's grow together. Go to lionsguide.com and become a member of the Pride today. Now back to the show. I find like that comes down, in, in my opinion, to a bit of the commander's intent, right? So if the commander's intent is clear, uh, the objectives are clear, divisions clear. You can kind of let some of that decision making responsibility go. Um, but we were talking about this offline, just kind of in the, the development phase that we're in and Lions Guide. That you know, there's things I don't have a vision for right now, right? And it's hard to uh, delegate in the interest of efficiency because I don't have good guidance to give um, in some things. And and and, but that doesn't negate like. Um, Sometimes there's a necessity that something needs, despite like maybe I'm focused on a a big project, um, but there's another big item that maybe I don't have clarity on. That's not to say I can't delegate that that clarity, right? To to, to tell a resource going, hey, look, I'm preoccupied with this. I won't have time to think the way I'd want to think about this. But if you want to run with it, great right? Go go run with something for me to look at because that will then, I'm delegating that thought development time. I don't have time for it, but I trust this person enough to say, hey, that sounds awesome. I don't have the capacity for it. Run with something. Let's link up at the end of the week and show me what you come up with because then I can get guide you better. Like I'm the type of leader that sometimes like the blank slate stalls me, but if someone (laughs) gives me something, I can tell you everything I love and everything I hate about Spaghetti it. Spaghetti on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I can go, yeah, yeah. I, I hate that. But because you gave me something I hate, I know better what I want. Right. Right. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, and, and here's the other thing, too. It's about trust, right? Do yeah. You, it, it may not be always what you want, but it you may not be able to see it like they are. Right. And right. so <clears throat> being able to do that, because it's, it's, it's also, and this has happened a lot. Like I had this happen in a business before where um, there was a decision that wasn't going to be made for a year, at least a year. But but the one of the people, uh, mid-level management type, uh, operational mid-level manager, she ran with it. It was about expanding into a, a, a warehouse that the company was going to expand into a warehouse. She, on her own, did... Five, six, seven, eight, found five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten places, found them all, pared them down, got it to this point. And it was really a little bit of a negative, like, why are you doing that? We're not ready for that at all. And 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 I think that that got a little bit of a negative response, I think, because it was like, well, listen, you want I in my eyes, you, you as long as the mission of what that person is supposed to be doing is being met and timelines and everything else is being done. I find it like 
let him be, let that happen. Like you shouldn't stifle in any way, shape or form people that are trying to do things that are beneficial and expanding the business. Now, if they're working on something that you know is not going to be, it's not there. But if you know, like for us, for example, right in in our development, we know that there's things that we're building out that have to be done at a certain time, whether that's in the next six months, whether that's in the next whatever, right? And I, and I, you don't go chasing shiny objects. I get it. But if somebody has something, and, and again, I'm take, using for not, not, not for lives guy, but let, let them do it, right? Like you should as a leader go, yeah, you know what? Let that happen. I think about the MacArthur uh, uh, quote where he's like, look, you could tell somebody to do something, but you might as well just give them a little bit of guidance and see what they come up with because it's probably very much different uh, and just as effective as what you're trying to do. And I think that's, you know, give the guidelines and and let people go, like see what happens, you know? The, the thought that came to mind as you were saying that, which is there's a difference between a demonstration of initiative versus a demonstration of distraction. Sure. Right. And yep. that's the part that uh, we were talking about before the show and, and now, which is, like, hey, if someone's taking the initiative on something that's down the line, but they did not sacrifice the present priorities to get that done, that's a demonstration of initiative. Um, but the way I used to tell this, uh, you know, when I had a lot of people working for me was, you know, it was like this little like one of the little Johnny stories. Right. So parents are leaving Johnny home and they say, Johnny, we want you to clean the room, clean your room by the time we get back. Parents leave. They spend, Johnny spends a whole afternoon. He cleans the pool. He cuts the grass. He makes his own lunch. He prepared dinner. Parents come home and he goes, look at everything I did. And the parents are like, great. How's your room? And he never touched it. And that's a, that's a demonstration of distraction, right? Like, you know, they got, got a lot of great things done, but it wasn't what we needed done. Um, And, and so, you know, taking the initiative is one thing, but you know, uh, like you said, it's, it's, it's chasing shiny objects. If you're not getting the priorities done because you're, you're going with what you feel like doing and you're, it's, it's a distraction tactic, right? You're avoiding what you don't want to do and doing something that you want to do. Katie would instantly know when I had homework for my, for my degree, when I was working on my degree, she'd be like, you got homework to do, don't you? And I'd be like, how do you know? She's like, because you just did every other thing that task that's been like waiting for weeks. Like there's no clothes in baskets. There's none of this. Like you, the garage is clean. The stairs are b-. like all of it. I'd be like, yeah, I know. Like, there, there, because- there's a name for that. I just came across that in the article the other day. I should have, I should have wrote it down. It's, I'm, it's, it's a thing. It's totally a thing. Like I'll be like, I'll do that. I'll do every other thing that I was like probably putting off anyways of just like whatever. If I had, yeah. if I had like, especially if it was a course that I was like, yeah, like I'm not. This isn't engaging. I got to do it to do it type of a thing. Like that's. To me, that was hilarious. Like, I would do, it's totally what that is of that little Johnny. Like, I'll do all of it. Does my office need cleaning? Probably. Do I should I wait on it? Sure. I got homework. Well, that office is going to be spotless, dude. Right. You know, when should things be delegated? And I guess I'll word it another way. Like, you know, what are some symptoms like uh, that would be a tell for a leader that they need to delegate more? Or yeah, and let me let delegated? me look at this too. <clears throat> this is. So I'm going to, I'll talk to it from a, two perspectives, right? Because there's probably people out there that go, we're a small business. I can't delegate. Like, I just don't, we don't have the, 
people are are being hired for those types of things and, and they're doing them and I'm having to get into that because of whatever it's not being done to the standard that that I'm looking for and I have to you have to build that up there's a ton of reasons that that like the delegation thing let's just we're, we're gonna play our perfect company that we're working for and, and whatever we're operating at just we're in the green we're not super high but we're we're operating where we're supposed to let's just take a company that that's like that I think from a delegation standpoint, when you're starting to when you're when you when you've built your company where you're starting to develop your people for future stuff within themselves number 1 and then future things within hopefully within your company right like you could look at people that you fired and go man i hired this person for this but man we're going to start to need x in a little bit this this position in a while in a leadership role maybe this person is let's start to give them different tasks talk to them about it let them know that we're I can't use the word groom because apparently now groom is is completely off. So I can't use that anymore. My kids were like, dude, don't ever say that again, dad. So when you're setting yeah, groom now is like totally only on the pedophile words. So you can't even in that culture, in that age group, right? When you when you're starting to set people up for success and you're putting them on these tracks, these fast tracks, because you're trying to get them someplace and you know that you're gonna see things in them that they're good for within your company and with everything else, I think you can start to, to delegate tasks to be able to say, hey, so this is one example, by the way, to, to test them, right? To be able to say, okay, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you the guidance that I'm looking for. You know, you start small. And then what I think you start to find is, is if they're getting a flair for it, what you start to see is them start asking, right? Of saying, hey, give me more. I, give me something else that I can handle or give me something else that I can try. And and again, that willingness between mentor, mentee, right? Whatever has to be enough that the mentor, <clears throat> in this case, who's who's giving, who's delegating, is giving that person things and understanding and having the patience enough to say, okay, you might screw up and I'm here for you. So it's going to take more time for me to be able to do it. Because you've heard the adage, well, I, it'll take me it'll take me a hundred times less time than it would if I delegated it. So I'm just going to do it myself. Okay. But are are, there, are are you then growing everybody? Because all you're doing is taking other things and, and putting them more on your back. Right. So I think that's super important because I think people get, if you want to talk to me about the number one reason why people don't delegate, I would, I would make an argument with you that in the, if we took a poll about why don't you delegate, I, I would guarantee you I, I'll, I can do it faster is probably up in the top three of reasons why. And that's tough to do. It's tough to, to you know, it's it's tough to know that that can't happen, you know, like that, that, that people are like, well, I can do it faster. And then it's right. Cause then we talk about efficient. Well, that's not efficient. If I, if, if I'm, if I'm giving it out to people, especially for learning. Now, if I said to you, what's another what? Why would I delegate things? You got to understand when you're overtasked. You got to understand when you've you're, you're, you've met your match on stuff because we do this all the time. If someone's good at something, what do we do? <laughs> I'm gonna give. Oh man, that's our go to. That's our go to girl. That's our go to guy. They're gonna get it all, and we've like. I want to say abuse and I'll put it in air quotes, but it gets abused sometimes when you're like, man, that's our, that's our person, right? Like we've seen it a hundred times. You take it, take a, a, a sous chef that is just 
I can't give you a day off because I need you here to be able to do something. Uh, you know, I need you to be able to hear. I can't work that way without. So I think when you look at it from that perspective as well, <clears throat> you know, like I have so much stuff on my plate. I need to, I need to be able to self-recognize when I need to give things up to let people do stuff. But people don't like to, that's a, that's tough, man. That's really tough for people to do. I was thinking, uh, you know, I, I guess the way to, to kind of summarize that is as far as delegating, you got to recognize the opportunity cost of not delegating, you know, um, you know, talking about that business owner who is spending four hours a week doing bookkeeping, right? And they're not delegating it because, oh, we're a small business and I can't afford it or whatever. Well, Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner, if you are holding on to that and you're not delegating, and, and I'm going to take a pause and sidebar to say, delegation doesn't need to be to employees, right? There's plenty sure. of outsourced, what Absolutely. I call resources. I've tried to train my brain to start looking in the perspective of resources that can get stuff done, not necessarily saying, I don't have someone that can do that. No. Uh, who is a resource that could get this done? Um, so, but back to the scenario, if you're Mr. Business Owner, you're you're trying to build a new business, your highest value is out there singing from the hills about your business, you know, speaking on behalf of it, developing the team, developing the processes, whatever stuff that you can say at the beginning stages, let's say only you can do, right? You're sacrificing the things that only you can do for something that almost anyone else could do, right? right. Or, or there's a plenty of resources. So, so that's an Be- opportunity better than you, cost. by the way. Yeah. 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 You, you take you HR, that. HR. We just, <laughs> But that was a yeah. for 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 the company I worked for. HR was like I was starting to do HR, and I knew HR from the military perspective. But so I knew of concepts. But it's I mean, state by state, HR is absolutely different. <clears throat> and there are plenty of companies that will just come in and just help you with HR. Let's do it. Yeah. And trust me, I think that has a thousand percent <laughs> outsource. Like, do what you can in the beginning, but once you start to get where. You want to be competitive and you talk about healthcare plans or you talk about 401ks, or you t- all that extra stuff. Dude, let it's not, trust me, that money is well spent. Yeah. And it's not because very. You put it in the, in the, in the, the, yeah. What does it, what is your time worth? And you go, well, my time's worth 200 bucks an hour. Great. Yeah. What, what would a, what would an outsourced bookkeeper who's just going to, you know, do the bank statement once a month or whatever or, or press, Go on the payroll. They're gonna you're gonna do four hours a week. Like, what's it gonna cost? Oh, well, that person will cost me twenty five bucks an hour. <laughs> All right, two hundred bucks an hour. Right, so you do it for yep. twenty five bucks an hour to let someone else do it. Ah, but I already know it. I can do it better. Not the point, and also not the long game. Not right? even because close. It, yeah, <clears throat> because at some point you have you know like another way to look at it. We talked about opportunity costs. Uh, th- think about investment, right? Yes. Is there going to be some pain getting that resource spun up on how you do it and how it needs to be done? That's a one-time investment, right? One-time investment to get the process down, delegate to someone who is the optimal resource to do that versus just holding it on yourself. And oh, by the way, if you're doing it with this one thing, you're probably doing it with half a dozen other things and now your whole week is gone and you and you end your week feeling like you didn't get anything done, but
but you look back at it and it's just a trail of dead bodies of tasks that you could have outsourced to someone else. And you could have been hyper-focused on the things that only you can do, right? You can't, you can't outsource the vision and direction of the Correct. business, right? Yeah. Or hiring key personnel that are going to work for you to take over this key project or role, right? Like you need to do that, but you know, but you're losing all your time, like, you know, creating Canva graphics and doing your social media posts and doing your bookkeeping and, you know, making coffee cups, making coffee cups. Something you said that I think is really important and this, this happens. I think, I don't know at what point in some, in a person's, a human being's life, it happens. But I think at some point in time, you realize that we, we hear all the time, you know, time is money, time is money in business. Right. But I think I reached the point probably about five years ago where I was like, that's not worth, like, that's worth me paying for. Right. Like that is worth, like when we moved, when we did live in Maryland before we moved, I had a really big lawn and I cut it X amount of times at a lot of Hills. Right. And I was like, okay. And I had a shitty mower. Um, and there's my one for today. And I realized it was taking me three and a half hours to do the lawn. And I, I actually like cutting lawn. I like cutting lawn. It's cathartic in some ways to me. I just like doing it. But we, I was like, we got to hire somebody to do this. And they did. And they kept our lawn nice and it looked beautiful. And they came down with seven guys and it was done in you know 45 minutes and they blew everything up. Like everything you're supposed to do. That was where time time was worth the money at that point. Like it was worth thing. And I think in a business per thing. Now here's where it's tough. And I, and I would love for you to to talk on this one a little bit more. Take a CEO who maybe isn't is building his business, his or her business, not taking a salary and saying, "Well, it's $0 for me." Right? Hear me out. My my I know you want to say 200, you would use 200 versus 25, right? When you don't have, when you're not, when you're not doing the things in that, it can look because you're looking through a prism at that point, right? You're looking through these glasses that are very much. It's tough to to see past where you know the the those other things because time equals money, and and I'm fully. By the way, I'm fully on your side of of saying those tasks should not be to you. But when you believe that no one else can do it better than you at this point, and you haven't found or you're having to teach or whatever the cases are, those glasses can get really fogged up. What's your thought on like when you're not taking, when you're building your business and you're not taking cuts because you're investing all in your people and you don't have those extra things, how do you how do you get around the delegation thing of saying, I have to do this because it's 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 my business? Like how do how do you get around that? What are we saying? Like you don't have the money to outsource it? Yeah, let's say, let's say you didn't have the money to outsource HR. But HR has taken, taken up like a crap load of your time because you have to try to get it done. You're, you're there for your people. So the, the $25 for an hour may seem monumental to, to go out and have to do all that, even though right, it, it may not be in the end. And yeah, that may again, be very simple, but... Yeah, I mean, look, and this one's a, certainly a loaded question. And I'll start with saying, look, <laughs> like the... The truth of the matter is this is where it comes down to decision points as a leader in your business being your work of art. You're going to need to make a decision. Now, like we're saying, I have zero resources, what I'm going to do, um, you know, I've tapped out or there's no money. There's truly no money to make this happen. And I, I need to do it. I'm going to box it in and put it in an area 
But, um, you know, I'm going to make sure my most impactful items are prioritized and then I'm compartmentalizing so how much time this up. takes, right? Yeah. So, and I've done this with Lions Guide, right? I've, I've started this stuff up and there's there's some things that I still do that I could outsource that, that you know, I haven't made the time to delegate it by giving, you know, finalizing the process and going, hey, this is how you do this. But I like like the grass thing. So far, I've just kind of compartmentalized that into like two hours a week. And I do that like I have, a you know, in my running training right now, I know I have a Sunday mornings as an off day. There's an empty gap of time. And I just kind of have it compartmentalized there. Right. So I'm not spending the the money on it and I have that time to do it. So and this was I say when I've started my other businesses as well. You know, you got to prioritize the main thing first that the stuff that only you can do and then look at that schedule. Once you fill that in and get structured, go, okay, there's two hours I need to devote to this or I need to outsource it. I can't afford to outsource it. Okay, so what's going to sacrifice? When's it going to be? So it really comes down to structure. Um, I love what you said. I I love a great way to think about this perspective for, for leaders and CEOs, especially people who own business. And we're talking about delegation. I know we're talking about outsourcing now, but that's that's a form of delegation, right? You're giving it to someone else to do. I love the fact of being able to say, look, I'm the CEO or I'm the founder, I'm the owner. And say to yourself, I'm worth X amount of dollars an hour. And you, you use the example of 200. And saying, okay, I take five hours a week on payroll and I could pay you guys that much money an hour. Now you've just freed up five hours for your of your $200 an hour time to go work on your other problems while paying, right? So you're getting that in some cash flow, yeah. right, cloud that's working. I like that because that's a, per- to me, that's a perspective that I think people miss, right? Like if you take, how much are you really worth, right? To to the to the company? Well, you're worth, sure you're the founder, sure you're the CEO, sure you're the boss, sure you're the check writer, but what's your time worth? And I've said this, like nobody's going to invest in you. Like if you're, if you were going for VCs and you know this too, if you're going for VCs and you don't have a salary and, and you're like, they're going to laugh at you and be like, well, who you're, nobody's going to, like you need to, yeah, Some, and, somehow, and look, some way it needs to be cut in. I like that though. Yeah, and you need to look at it from. And here's the rest of that formula, right? You, if you go, hey, yeah, okay, if I delegate this, it's going to save me right. my four hours a week. Check. Someone else is doing it. What are you doing instead? Correct. That's bringing value. That's right. supplementing that. Right. You're like, going to work on the yeah. pitch deck. You're going to work on your Correct. second seed like, what, round. What right? is? Yeah. You know, what What it's are a great you solving idea. for? Right. Like yep. I'm spending four hours doing this, and that's preventing me from doing this. Correct. This is a more impactful item. You know, whether it's in revenue or progression or whatever. So you know, you know, again, you got to think through it. Like you know, I. It, and, and right, like it's, it goes back to like being reactive and just like, you know, chasing squirrels and making decisions on the fly. You know, this is this can be one of those decisions, too, that that a leader could wrongfully make on the fly. Right. Like, like, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to outsource it. Great. What are you going to do with your time once that's done? Right. right? So fast forward. You're going to do this so that what? Right. Think through the goal. Right. right. The goal is I'm going to outsource this. 
great, but but set through it, right? right? Once you outsource this, what does that enable you? And now what is the next goal? What's what's the progress of where are you going? And I, when you're ready, I'll go back to the part about the money and finance. And by the way, some of that decision could be I want I need time for myself, right? Yeah. So sometimes so it becomes overhead, right? You're not but but that time for you to reset yourself to lifelong learning for yourself to be mindful to go work out. If your spouse and kids are about to walk out the door because you're not delegating the four hours of bookkeeping on the weekends, it's probably worth it because again, let's just play the stupid monkey math. What's that divorce going to cost you versus just outsourcing (laughs) the the, the bookkeeping? Right. Um, I I think the other thing is too, again, and, and where I wanted to go with this and try to round out the day here is, Back to strategic thinking, right? Thinking further than the tip of your nose and these types of things. Um, and I can't afford to pay someone 25 bucks an hour four times a month. So that's a hundred bucks, right? Like, and you hear these stories, right? That's a credit card, man. That that's a you know, and if you're doing these things with the intention that, hey, if it frees me up, I don't have that cash in the bank, but if it frees me up and if I'm free, I can generate cash in the bank, right? That this is a business loan. This is a business credit card. If you have a strategic plan on how you're going to compensate this expense, like now we're talking true expenditure. Um, there's ways to do that, right? Like, you know, um, access, again, thinking in the mindset of resources, money is a resource. The ability to pay someone is a resource, right? Uh, someone to do something is a resource. So, so when you start shifting to, you know, the mindset of what resources do I need to get this accomplished, right? Instead of just trying to figure it all out on your own. Um, Which may be helping another, right? Small business struggling with sales potentially. Hey, CEO's got to step in and say, hey, I'm going to help with sales. That's fine. Cool. I've just taken that other thing off my plate. So maybe that is where, right? Or maybe it's just, maybe it's, I've always used it as like, where do I need to be inserted into, right? Like, so what part what needs me now because it may change right like it may it, you may have a monthly let's take a big seasonal you may have a seasonal business that gets really like like it's it's really good in the summer and that that your time may be like hey i need to insert myself here because this is our biggest time for people got it like small business wise cool go insert yourself know that but no by the way pull yourself out right delegate because your delegation may be, it may be back and forth. Maybe I need to insert myself here and delegate here. I'm going to move back later on and take it away when I don't need to anymore. Right? There's this, there's this whole push pull thing that, again, you got to stay with it. Like it's, it's got to be planned out like that if you're going to do it. You got to be strategic. And and uh, yeah. you might have saw that post I put up. I don't know when it was that little video I did on Lions Day, but I, I I started talking about the thing that we've been talking about internally, which is it's my goal for business owners to be the business owner, not be owned by the business. And you got to start thinking that way. When when the business owns your time, you need to start thinking, how do I get out of this? Like what, you know, who can help me not spend my time on the business? What resources do I need so that, again, your goal, your business should be personal freedom. That's not to say if you 
would love to spend all your time doing the bookkeeping for the business, then you need to work your way into having the freedom to do that. Meaning you've built a business that runs on its own, even the strategic thinking and the leadership, and you got this great business and man, I love doing that bookkeeping. Everything else is accounted for and you can spend, right. all, you can spend all day doing whatever you want. Right. That's the point. Um, and so, but where this starts to get landlocked for business owners is the inability to delegate, you know, the, the, not even knowing how to do it or thinking it's right. Some, some think it's wrong. Like, man, this is my business. I need to be doing that. Hey, again, you can tell yourself that all day long, but if your goal is to build a business for personal freedom, you're lying to yourself a little bit. Like it, it, you're, what you're telling yourself is not congruent with your end objectives. Yeah. You and know? I don't think you're, I don't, we're not, and I know we're not saying this at all, Nobody starts something with personal, like everybody puts their sweat equity in to start a business on some way, shape or form. Even if you're starting it with a bunch of money, you're still going to have to put in, right, to get the foundation the way you want it. Foundations take, you know, the house next door to me is being built and they're building a foundation right now. That's not, that doesn't happen without without good things. And I you have to put in that sweat equity in the beginning to, to start things. But, well, but I, I think you're, what I like of what you say, and I think people get caught, and I think it's Robert Waisaki, I think, says this all the time, right? He talks about, look, you can be an entrepreneur. You can be a business owner. There's, they, they can be very different things about what you want to do. And you, when you're aiming for personal freedom to do stuff uh, or aiming for the four-hour four work week or whatever, that doesn't right you could still be a leader cuz if the goal would be for you if everybody has a job and you're running and you're being profitable and now you're just leading you could be just a leader the analogy you know? of the house building is actually perfect for this right yeah. so say you want a house built you go to a general contractor and all the things that need to happen with the house you got to lay the foundation you got to do the framing you got to do the exterior you got to do the roof it, like if you went to a general contractor and said, hey, I want my house built. He goes, yeah, no problem. This is how I'm going to do it. And you come out there next week and he's laying the foundation. He, like that person is doing all of it. They're not delegating anything as opposed to uh, like that business is limited to the two sets of hands of that sure. builder. Different operations are there's a general contractor that goes, gets and resources to do the foundation, to do the framing. To do, and, and their job is to lead the completion of that project. And, yeah, and they're the experts in those, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and that is work in itself, right? Like right. managing the objective, leading to the destination is work, right? It's not as tangible as laying every brick for that house. I get right. it. But those of you guys out there that are business owners building a business, you got to recognize you're a business owner and that the the work is not always as tangible. The work that only you can do is not as tangible as laying every single brick. And it is okay to go get the bricklayers that do that way better than you so that you can help find the framer that does right. that way better than you. And the electrical and the person. Yeah, and the, all of The it. painter and everything else. Right, because yeah. they're the experts. And I, I think... Whether that's your own people that you're bringing in on your own team in a small business, right? If you were doing that, whatever it is, it's, a, it's that or it's I got to go outside and get this. I can't do every single thing because you're not going to be the best at everything, right. right? If you're the best at flying the, the, you know, whatever, if you're the best at doing something, 
you're not going to be the best at something else, right? And so now I got to get the person to be able to do that. You might be good. You might have the idea. And I, and I think you're, you're definitely right. That's where, and this is where the whole conversation, this is where delegating, sourcing out, which is, which is an example that we've used a lot today, I think is, it's crucially important. Everybody's got to get to the point though, where they're, where they're, there is a comfortability factor in the, inside of each, in each person. It's a two-way street. Do I feel comfortable doing this or do I, would I rather do this or whatever? Some people may want the initial things to be done. I get that. But once you get to that point, it, it's time to let go. Re- yeah. Really good points today. Absolutely. It's a, it's a great way to scale. You want to grow your business, you got to stop being a bottleneck. Yeah. <laughs> abs- yeah. That's great. Yeah. Because you're your own worst enemy at that point. Correct. Yeah. And, and well, you see it. But well, great. Good, good talk today. Absolutely. Talked about the hyper, hypersocial CEO a little bit about him crying. We talked about a little bit about, recapped about some open door stuff we did and, and definitely talked about, um, about delegation. So it was a good, good, it was a good little den that we had today. Uh, listen, what do you got coming up? Uh, I got my September workshops coming up. We got the uh, Everyday Leader course coming out. In- you can't steal my thunder. I'm saying oh, you. Sorry, sorry. You. Sorry. Hey, you delegated the announcements to me. I, I delegated <laughs> what do you have coming Oh, sorry. Don't I have a part to play in that? Uh, sure. Yeah. Is this because you're the um, seat? Maybe you should delegate it all and let me do it. Yeah, you are doing it all. Um, anyway, so yeah, no. Um, so I'm uh, ramping up to come out of the summer of um, uh, coming out of the summer, rolling into September and the rest of the year with some new workshops, getting the mastermind group spun back up, but also uh, the foundational workshops that I've been doing for the last year. Uh, high performance leaders, um, helping you guys <clears> get focused and, and get highly productive in everything that you do, um, bring a lot of clarity and confidence to, to that. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I'm excited with the work you're doing. I'm excited with um, where we're going with a lot of things. Um, and, you know, uh, and it, uh, and of course, we got a shout out to that, um, the survey that we have out right now. Uh, if you haven't filled it out, help us out. Uh, take a look at and test yourself on where you stand. Um, just a little bit. Yeah, sounds good. And coming up on the flip side next week, uh, we will not be live next week. Uh, we will have, uh, but I will be taped at the same time, so it'll play. Uh, and that's a good friend of mine, Jason Thibodeau. He's a uh, current command master chief. Uh, really is very much, as much as I talk about everyday leadership and the little things, Jason is very stoic on the foundations of leadership uh, about what he really is is believes in foundationally that leaders have to have within themselves and how they project it. He's going to be on, uh, and we'll have a great conversation with him. Um, and that's week. That's next week on the guest. Um, and then at the end of the month, Dale and I are going to get on and talk about uh, the f- four disciplines of execution. Um, great book that is uh, to be a high performer and to be a leader. You got to be able to make sure that you're executing properly. Um, in what you do. And so I am finishing that up. I know he's read that before, but that'll be on uh, the last week of uh, of August. And then uh, got some cool stuff coming up September, like he sort of alluded to. Uh, we got uh, mid-month, we've got the Everyday Leadership uh, series coming out. I'm super excited for that to talk to you guys about the 10 things. There'll be a uh, There'll be a webinar that comes out with that, which will be pretty cool, as long as some ready sheets that you guys can take and, and kind of get 
get your get your chomps wet for and then if you become a member you can get the full kind of get the full monty with it all so we're excited about that coming out mid-september looking forward to that um and as always we thank you for joining us on the flip side uh streamcast live on thursdays and as always listen have a great weekend uh and uh flip out see you guys see you flip thank you yep